We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. to a very, very special edition of the Eurostep Podcast Network, crossover between the Eurostep and Win in Six. I'm your host, Adam McGee. Joining me as always is my good friend Jordan Tresky. It's been a while since we've talked books. And a man who's been talking books all summer and has been waiting for a moment like this is also joining us. It's Rowan Cuddy. Jordan, Rowan, how are you guys doing? Who cares how we're doing? Let's let's get let's get to business. Let's get to business. I don't know if anyone realized this, uh, but the Milwaukee Bucks uh, have acquired superstar point guard Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. What? I, I I know I know I know I know it's crazy it's crazy, but it happened, and uh, we're we're all we're all still processing it, but it, it's a thing that happened. I told um, Adam. In early July, I said, hey, you know, things are slowing down after free agency. The Bucks got Brooke back. They took care of business. They re- signed Malik Beasley. Ooh, nice young flyer. I said, hey, crazy spring slash early summer. Let's take a little bit to chill, and we'll come back when the Bucks trade for Damian Lillard. And he laughed at my face. He laughed at my face, pointed at me. Called me names, um, and look who's right. Look who's right, me. 
that definitely didn't happen. I mean, it probably happened about something else, but not specifically about Damien Lillard. But Jordan, if you had said that to me, I probably would have done all those things. I wouldn't have believed that. I wouldn't have believed that even this week when some of the rumblings started. But here we are, the Miami Heat. I don't know if you guys heard, but seemingly Damian Lillard was going to be a Miami Heat player. Uh, it's all everyone had been talked to for a long time. There's a lot, of, a lot of media members out there in Miami who must be scratching their head at how just another team in the NBA came into this. The fact that Damian Lillard is going to report to another team, but he is. He is going to report to the books. He has already tweeted out. He's excited for his next chapter with the books. I will say that is the moment for me where it became very, very real. And so, Giannis, Chris are joined by Damian Lillard. That does, of course, mean that we are bidding farewell to Drew Holiday. We'll talk a lot about Drew, I guess, in this podcast. And we're also bidding farewell to Ron's, you know, favorite son, Grayson Allen. Um, we'll talk some Grayson Allen, I guess, too. Um but let's let's start it off with, I guess, the, the top line of this, which is this is the biggest trade in the history of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, they have never landed a player of this caliber before. Jordan, you want to dispute? It's, it's the biggest trade incoming. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's damn close. It's damn close. What's your what's your counter? Oscar? Oscar. I, I think this is it. I think this is it because of the point it has come at now, which is this would be like if the Bucks had traded for an Oscar-like player in 1974 post-winning a championship and with Kareem starting to kind of make some rumblings that no one was very comfortable with. So this isn't just going and getting your top-tier NBA superstar player, but this is doing it with a championship in the bank, making yourself, I think the undeniable front runner again to go and win another and really sending a massive message to Giannis that, oh, this is the place you've loved. This is the place you've won and your chances of winning elsewhere aren't necessarily going to be better than what you have here. And beyond that, we're going to continue to do whatever it takes to sell you on that. So I guess the the best place to start is we're surprised, but I'll throw it to you first, Ron, because you and Ty have been talking through a lot more stuff like this. Going back to Bradley Beal, which at the time I was like, nah, I'm not engaging with this. This isn't going to happen. Did you believe that Dame Lillard to the books was a real possibility? Did you believe this was something that the books could pull off? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I did not think this was something that was coming. Uh, Even talking through it with Ty, it's just, it's it's been something where it's like, I don't know if the Bucks have an adequate uh, like compensation package for the Trailblazers. It's like, can they get outbid by a team like the Raptors or maybe even Miami or anyone else? It, it all depended on how Portland wanted to play this, how Dame wanted to play this. The Suns getting involved as the third team, which we will talk about, uh, kind of helps uh, the Bucks out a lot here. And <laughs> yes. it's... Just a lot. Uh, I see a lot of tweets about uh, how the how the Suns are potentially helping the Bucks win another championship, which is awesome. Uh, it's it's just it's it's in like I'm in shock. I'm literally in shock. My hands were shaking as I was reading it. I had to make sure and double check that I wasn't getting like just fooled. I, I had to just had to triple check everything. But no, this is not something I thought was actually going to be on the horizon. I I knew the Bucks would be someone who's involved. 
in these discussions because they uh, have to, uh, <laughs> especially when there's a player the caliber of Damian Lillard up on the market and already considering that uh, Dame and Giannis have a prior relationship and have publicly spoken about their relationship and their desire to play together. So yeah, obviously I knew the Bucks were going to be involved in these discussions, but to come out the victor is just mind-boggling. I think what makes it for me is to, is the point that it's DeAndre Aiden, who I believe was Jake Fisher that was kind of the first on this, that they had been uh, keen on Aiden, and he was more of the young developing player, if you want to call him a developing player. Um, he's number one overall pick. <laughs> it's hard to, you know what I mean? Anyway, um, that they were keen on him and to have him be the chip that they wanted in a package like this, because I know it's very easy from our perspective that we have the trade machine. We can go, oh, if you loop in another team, it's like this. It, it'll work like this. It's not that easy when you're talking about real negotiations and a player of Damian Lillard's caliber. People want a, a team like Portland wants what they want in return for him. This is their best player ever. Their leading franchise scorer. You know, being like they they're not gonna want to screw this up. And for me, that's the biggest thing is is looping in a team like the Suns who help the Bucks in this huge regard and help them land Damian Lillard to I guess extend this era but also redefine this era possibly like that for me is i think the biggest takeaway that i just didn't see coming especially when the miami overlords we want up we want up with the, you get the hero blah 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 and it's like we knew how far that was only gonna go i think something you and i have talked about a lot and in being pessimistic about what is the big deal that extends the window. How do they get this done? How do they level up? Part of that has been the books have not left themselves in a good position. And when you find yourself in that spot, what it then means is you really have to capitalize when the opportunity comes up. And I know, for example, Rowan, you and Ty, and Ty has been very vocal on Twitter about this for quite a while in particular, in talking about how the pick situation cleared up for the books next year. And they would be in a position to really go and make some moves and everyone just be patient. It would all come together. And the reality is this wasn't the ideal time, but they really got a helping hand here in terms of the Suns and where they were at with Aiton, as you say, Jordan, and with him being an appealing enough player. And then everyone being able to come together and do this. It's the kind of thing that... It's like you can easily dream up on a trade machine, but it doesn't necessarily always work out in terms of, you know, the right time for all of those teams where a deal comes to fruition. It it feels like a really, really incredible stroke of good fortune for the books that all this has happened right now. And I will, I'm wearing a hat. I'll tip my hat to John Horst, who I have voiced my skepticism about very, very regularly because you got to make the move, you've got to deliver on it, and he did it once again. The one thing he does is he goes all in. Uh, I guess he picked some of that up from from the gambler himself, John Hammond, his mentor. But this is a case where like the stars aligned. You have this chance, and you go and make it happen, and you get a guy who, in terms of fit offensively, one of two players in the NBA that I think we've probably all dreamed about 
oh, what would Steph or Dame look like alongside Giannis for a very long time? That Giannis himself has kind of indicated a similar interest in playing with that type of point guard, that Damian Lillard has has shared his interest in playing with Giannis, and it's just this kind of perfect storm that's that's played out in the, the book's favor. To give a cross-sports reference uh, from my other World of Milwaukee podcasting, there's a real cost in this because Drew Holiday is involved. This kind of reminds me of the Brewers picking up William Contreras, though, where it's like, it's like, is that it? Is that you've you've got this guy who's going to change you your team your like this? this? And it's just like it was the right place. It was the right time. Other teams had trades to make and you managed to get yourself in the center of it and come away with a real prize asset. And it's it's such a game changer for the books. It completely transforms what we imagined the books being and we already were excited and had high hopes for the season ahead um but i just i really can't believe that everything has just fallen into place for him to go and actually get damian lillard because it it was always going to take some good luck and i think they've they've managed to take advantage of it and you know we'll talk tampering i guess in a while because if people want to talk about that maybe the books were, were overdue some good luck you know from past events so I, I won't have any complaints on that part of it. I, I will say also, in terms of timing for this trade, the Bucks would not have been able to make this trade next season. They would yes. not have uh, because they're a second favorite team and they would mm-hmm. not be able to complete like the aggregation of salaries and all that and the incoming outgoing percentages. It would it would not have lined up. The Bucks would not have been able to make this trade next season. And they, the only reason they could do it now is because there's a one-year delay for some of the implementation of the salary cap stuff uh, that was ratified in the new CBA. Uh, so that's a that's a fun quirk. That's from obviously Bobby Marks. Uh, uh, but you're saying that's not yours, <laughs> Rohan? I thought you had that off the off the dome, off the dame. Uh, you know, my it's my brain is just it's scattered. It's mush right yeah. now. Um, so yeah, Adam, uh, you had mentioned this like up top, but the Bucks are officially the odds-on title favorites uh, now uh, because let, let's talk about this. Do they have the best duo in the NBA? Why stop there? 3 0, 4 0, 5 0, Hawaii. Um, it's pretty damn close. I think there was the ESPN stats and info. I read this before we started recording. Uh, to have play- two players that averaged over 30 points per game just last season, um, and have them on the same team. That's I know there's there's a lot of questions about Damian Lillard's um, long-term health. Obviously, he's an older player. This is the kind of move when you're ready to win now, it's going to be an older player. That's just naturally how it is. It's rare to have someone of his caliber and be on the market who is younger. It's not like Luka Doncic maybe comes close, but it doesn't matter. Damian Lillard's on his team. And to have someone that can do the things that he does – hit shots from freaking uh, Waukesha and have a guy like Giannis with a lot more open space. Chris, I think this helps Chris immensely. Mm-hmm. I think this helps Brooke immensely. I think once we start getting down to the kind of role players that obviously it's going to be reworked with, you know, not having Drew, obviously Grayson is out of the picture too. Um, I, I think this just opens up so many things for this team in the most 
urgent way, especially just seeing I was there. I saw Drew Holiday's last game as a buck, and I saw Mike Boonholzer's last game as a buck, and I saw them dribble the ball off their leg. Not Mike Boonholzer. I saw them dribble the ball off their leg constantly, trying to set up a fucking offense. And if there's anything that the Bucks desperately need come April, May, or June, it's a working offense. So getting one of the best offensive players in NBA history, without a doubt, helps a lot. <laughs> helps a lot. Even on that on that front, Jordan, if the offense doesn't function absolutely perfectly, you've got someone who relishes clutch moments. You've got someone who yes. wants the ball. And for as much as we love Giannis, we know that Giannis's game is not always going to be necessarily designed for those kind of moments where the game slows down and it's half-court basketball. And Chris Middleton, as much as he's delivered in that setting, I think you're right to point out, Jordan, as a third option, it's going to be so much easier for him. Like, I know we had those moments of, okay, Drew, Chris, Drew might be the second option. Uh, This is now very clearly defined, and Chris is going to have a level of freedom that he hasn't had for quite some time. Um, He's also going to have less of the ball in his hands, which could well benefit the books. Just allowing him to be a secondary playmaker, a tertiary playmaker, um, likewise for a scorer, I think is such a kind of embarrassment of riches in terms of what the books can do. But that having someone who is one of the most proven players in the league in a big moment and getting a chance to put him in more big moments than truthfully he's got to be in for the majority of his career. Uh, I think that's where this just seems like a perfect fit all around because as much as Lillard might've liked to go to Miami, I, I do think as a basketball fit, I don't think he could have asked for much more than that. And I'm guessing he has very, very quickly got himself on board with this vision. And it is worth noting when we talk about, you know, the offense, uh, the books did go and bring in Terry Stotts. This is a team that has Pat Connaughton, who was really close with Damian Lillard. Robin Lopez is back on the books. Um, in hindsight, maybe there's some groundwork being laid even with the Terry Stotts thing. He wasn't just the right guy to have come in and kind of uh, be alongside Adrian Griffin as as he gets into what was a high-pressure job and now is one of the highest-pressure jobs I think you could possibly imagine for a first-year head coach in NBA history. Um, but Terry Stotts, Dame Lillard reunion and being like, hey, you know all that good stuff you got to do in Portland? Now imagine if you had Giannis as an extra option within that, what would that look like? It's just unbelievably exciting. Yeah. You can't, you can't complain about it at, like at all. Like, is there, are there any downsides to this? Like, sh- should we talk about maybe a little bit of that? Like I, one downside is that you're clearly so excited that things are a bit steamed up in there. Uh, yeah, I'm very, uh, I'm very which, out of which focus right now. People, <laughs> people on YouTube have probably been enjoying this for about 10 minutes now as Rob desperately trying, tries to get in focus. Yeah. Um, the downsides, I guess, are the defense, if that's where we want to go. And that, that'll maybe bring us some a little bit closer to the Drew of it all. And maybe it's such a big win on the offensive side that we're going to balance out and it's just going to be a, a new version of the books. Like in the net which is probably what they needed to be anyway they needed to evolve and this really forces that but yeah i don't know which one he wants to go first on what your feelings are about where the books are personnel wise we'll say for the moment defensively because we know there are going to be some new ideas and that's probably going to have to further evolve now that drew is gone 
Rohan? Not let you take this, Jordan, first. Uh, I'll let's go defense because I think that has been obviously the biggest uh point of emphasis, especially coming out of the Bud era. Adrian Griffin talks. He comes from the Raptors. They they experiment. They use different ways of of playing defense and obviously unlocking the Bucks further on that end, especially when you have a guy like Giannis and previously Drew. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of the focus of like, oh, how can you, you know, bring in new ideas? That changes obviously when you tr- swap Drew for Dame. But I don't know. Like, I'm not. I think it's a a trade off that I'm really willing to have, especially when, like, I love Drew Holiday. He gave a he helped give the Bucks a title. We will forever be indebted to him. His last memories as a buck are him getting repeatedly cooked by Jimmy Butler. And a lot of that was good defense. It was all he could do to to, to possibly stop Jimmy Butler in those moments. It's still not like Drew's not a spring chicken anymore. Like that's a lot to ask of him. And he would do that against Jason Tatum. He would do that against Jalen Brown. Any all-star wing coming out of the East that we preview as like oh okay we'll put him on there DeMar DeRozan whatever I'm not just those types of players that like bucket getters Drew's gonna be on them and we see have seen how that works and the limits to that now I think I'm very excited to see where the young guys can really make their hay guys like Marjan Bochamp the two second round picks this year Andre Jackson Jr. Chris Livingston they have we talked endlessly about the athleticism that they bring, especially when the Bucks have been got really old and they looked really slow against Miami in that first round series. That helps a lot. And I think it makes things a lot easier for them when they have a very defined role and having the huge chess pieces that we know are going to run this offense between Giannis, Dame, and Chris. And now things just get a lot easier for you to, hey, you're going to run the floor. You're going to hustle like hell. You're going to be tasked on guys that may be above your pedigree, but let's just see what you can do. And I think we saw not, <laughs> not that this is the barometer that we want to use going forward, but it's the only barometer that we have of them in a Bucks uniform, but summer league kind of showed what they can do in those situations of, uh, you know, maybe going to high draft pick from this class or whatever. I think obviously that's going to be multiplied by a thousand when we're talking about playoff basketball, because really regular season, it's going to be an evolving thing. But when it's playoff basketball, it's that's when you have to be at your best. Um, I'm very excited for how that can really take off for them because we just need young guys to, you, you trade away your picks, any available pick that you had for the next few years, they're tied up in swaps and they're, they're without, you know, your own choice. So, I think just for them to grow and to get their feet wet in the NBA, having a guy like Dame come in here and all you have to do is just space the floor, play defense really well against multiple different matchups. I think that just makes things a lot easier for, for that trio compared to where it could have been going into the year. It's, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I agree with what you said, Jordan. It's just like I, I know that you you tackled a lot a lot of different topics there, but 
I just, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that any of these things are going to be a hindrance to the Milwaukee Bucks going forward. Like, obviously you talked about, there's a lot of defensive concerns. There's a lot of issues like that. Like there's some depth issues now, but it's how much of those are actually going to be an issue for the Bucks going forward. I don't necessarily think it will be, but I'd be interested to hear what Adam thinks about that. Um, I guess the thing is, there there are different options and there are different ways that they can go with this. I do think one option, which is the less exciting and maybe the one we see them start a season with and have to evolve out of, would be Pat Connaughton is going to be someone who's going to slot into the kind of bigger role that he could have for a long time and ends up playing some two. And that doesn't feel like something you're going to be doing down the line. But it could be something of a bridge while you work with Marjan, you get him into a bigger role, you work with your your rookies and see what they're ready for and what they can give you. And I think that should be the ultimate evolution because I think it's such a colossal upgrade. Like it really is on the offensive side from Drew to Dame and how that will take so much of the pressure off Chris offensively, how it will take even a lot of pressure off Brooke offensively. The books are now in a position where they can have someone who can really just kind of zero in on defense and be that specialist as their fifth starter um, in a way that I just don't think will hurt them back at all. And I think a lot of the good stuff we've seen from Marjan has actually been offensive. We've seen a lot of really good stuff, but I think getting him to zero in on you are our specialist defender. You're going to be there to take advantage of opportunities when they come and knock down shots, hopefully, but there is a real role for you. And this is a role that you could be filling for years to come. Uh, I kind of think it is his time and the books will want to find out if he can be that and what they have there pretty quickly. It's good work to get a deal like this done without parting any, with any of your young players. Like, I mean, worth mentioning just because the books have so few of them still we're gradually stocking up with what are essentially lower end flyers but it's it's pretty tough to kind of have any sense of well just how quickly they're going to pivot to that like it could be a case that that's adrian griffin's view of this team and from day one marjan starts and we see a new look defense and he's going to be essential to it or it could be Something which is maybe a little bit more in line with how the books have handled these things over recent years, which will see a more experienced option. And whether that's a Pat Connaughton or whether, I don't know, they play big in a way that I wouldn't be really crazy about at all. And like Jay Crowder is in the starting lineup or whatever it might be. I, I think there are two routes they can go with that. But the big questions are going to be on scheme and how guys adjust. And that's one where there'll be something of a waiting game. Right? We just... We can't know for sure until we get a little bit down the line. Yeah, until we get a little bit uh, down the line indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'd be interested, like you mentioned the young players and how they're going to fit in. Um, obviously, I'd like to see my guy Marjan. Uh, he's going to get such a bigger opportunity now. But do we see like, do we see like an Andre Jackson Jr. get get a bit of run now? Do we see, because uh, do we see a, a more prominent role for AJ Green? Are the 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 two way competition that's, uh, that's currently happening with like having three point guards in uh, uh, is is that going to factor into it at all? Are those guys actually going to be competing? Uh, there is an open roster spot, and it's mm-hmm. um, I, Isaiah Thomas if he if he wants it. It's uh, interesting, but um, you I should just... clear up clear up that that is a joke, Ron. You've not lost. Yeah, your absolutely, mind. absolutely a joke. Uh, so, sorry, sorry to Isaiah Thomas, but it's a joke. Um, yeah, I I just I just don't necessarily think that it's like losing Grayson Allen, my son, my son. He's off to greener pastures. It's tough to, I can't say off to greener pastures when you're leaving the bucks. That just, that's just bad. But, uh, and, uh, and the Blazers are a black and red team. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's going to the Suns. Whatever time. No, he's going to the Suns. He's going to the Suns. Yeah. Purple uh, and orange. He, he has a chance to start for them as well. Like he could be there. He could be their, their fifth starter. Uh, who is their center? Nurkic. Oh, Doug. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really care about the other parts. I only yeah, who cares? Who cares? I, uh, I also like, yeah, the Nurkic part. Well, we did. We can talk. I've heard. I've heard he's time. a really good defensive center. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I, can I? Can, can we? Can we just talk about this part of it all? Obviously, okay. the last couple weeks. Jan says an interview. I don't know if you guys read it or not. It was in the New York Times. He has, a, uh, he has an interview, and a lot of people reacted to it. And suddenly, I, this ticking clock noise just started ringing in my ear. And everybody talked about this ticking clock. It's a blah, 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 blah. Oh, he, he can opt out of his contract in 2025. Interesting, interesting. And of course, as I get we got closer to the start of the season... I was like, you know what? I kind of feel good about the season, but you know, there's something a little queasy. There was something queasy about okay, you changed the coach. I, I'm going to repeat the th- thoughts I had over the summer. You changed the coach, so what are you going to do with this roster? Because there was clear deficient holes within this roster that we felt like, yeah, you're going to compete for in the East, but when it comes to winning a title, the chances to win a title. You're still banking on a lot of luck, a lot of bounce back, which I think is was already really possible with this team because of just how bad things got <laughs> in the playoffs. But there was still like this house of cards kind of feel to it, where if they if they someone got injured, knock on wood, something just happened, it would just set off this 
you know, all the hysteria regarding Giannis and his future. And I'm here to say, I'm here to say, fuck everybody. Everybody. I heard for weeks, for months, oh, I I saw the photoshops. I saw the photoshops of Blazer fans putting Giannis in a Blazer uniform to play with Dave. We flip it. Pat Riley, you're old. The league has passed you by. John Horst reigns supreme. Real G's move in silence. I am so sick of the NBA landscape that they keep every time. And this is a real thought. I This is my actual real thoughts right now. Uh, the rest sounded and real, he, too. It was, because it just I, I have all these basketball thoughts, and now I can unleash them. And I've seen, I've seen the tweets. I've seen Evan Turner, you f- <laughs> the epitome of one of the did, biggest busts you, I've ever seen. Did you see him try to walk it back? Yeah, I saw his career. And he did he try to walk that back? No, <laughs> it was terrible. Also funny because the Blazers signed him for a bunch of money, and he did not live up to it from the first moment he signed that contract. Anyway, I just this is the Bucks. This is the Bucks' way of life, is that when you have a player as good as Giannis and someone, and he goes on the record talking very open about the things that he's talked about for the entire state of his career. But because things ended so shittily <laughs> last year, and he talks about, like, well, you know, you never know where, I, why would I sign this extension when it's not prudent for me to sign it? Would I... Incapable of signing the biggest contract whenever it is possible, even if I don't have two working limbs. Like he can sign the biggest contract in the NBA because of that. I'm rambling right now, but I saw all the stuff that made me angry, and I'm just here to say, if if nothing else, if this trade just forces Giannis to stay for the sign another contract, stay for the better part of his great career. That's a win. That's a win. I completely agree. I do want to say that I think this will just halt that. And there is a scenario where that just gets louder again soon. But I, what I think is essential here, let's say this season, this is not this is not what we want to think about right now, but you've brought the conversation to Yana, so we have to consider some of the scenarios. Let's say the season doesn't pan out in the ultimate victory with a championship. If the books had gone that way without having made a major roster move and Giannis was facing his decision and he's looking at Drew Holiday on the roster and Chris Milton and Brooke Lopez all a year older and it's just something that kind of they've been true and maybe it's stale or maybe it's just not there anymore. I, I think that puts them at a much greater risk than even if they don't win out in a way where it's the no-brainer decision I think it's easier to sell them unless there's some sort of disaster that, you know what, you, you've you got something new here. You've got a chance to build something for the next few years with one of the best players in the league, a guy you've wanted to play with, a guy who is a really perfect complement for your game, that I even think if there are teething issues this year, which a new head coach too, there are all sorts of possibilities. This is still kind of... There's a lot to navigate for the books, particularly with the level of expectations, but you're giving yourself a much, much better chance in a way that I just frankly didn't expect was on the table for this year, because whatever you're doing this year, it 
it, you could, might go and win it all, but worst case scenario, you're laying something down that, okay, this is the next evolution, and you've got a star beside you who is good enough where you can go and win a couple of championships. To your overall anger concern, it's not dead yet. It's not going to go away. I've seen, no, I've it seen is the dead. tweet since. It's I've dead. Tweet I don't since. care. I do not. I really do not care. I do not care if Giannis, if if I get 19 of 21 years of Giannis Milwaukee, that's fine. Oh, that's uh, fine. for sure. For sure. I don't, but I am so, it is, it is exhausting, especially when we know more about NBA media, how it works, how people get information, yada, yada, yada. Sham Sharani is the worst tweeter of all time, yet it has a prominent NBA media job. It is just insane to me that this, it happens all the time. They're going to, this is going to, who's going to be the next one that's just how it is and that to me like having some time to breathe this offseason and kind of just think about it i'm just like this is a horrible way to cover a sport that brings me great joy and i just i i, I had to get it off my chest i think you need to get off your chest row no, I mean it's it's just I I like I, I feel like I'm stuttered because I'm I'm still in shock like, that this actually is, has happened. Like the the Bucks, this is one of the greatest players to ever play for the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in Damian Lillard, like this this dude is just he's on another level. Like the Bucks just acquired a seven time All Star, seven time All NBA, top seventy five player of all time, one of the greatest shooters in NBA history is now the point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks. And this just, there's not a sweeter sentence to say than, by the way, that guy also gets to play next to Giannis Antetokounmpo. That guy is the second best player on the team. The guy I just mentioned, seven-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA, one of the greatest shooters of all time, NBA 75 anniversary team. Mm -hmm. That player is the second best player on your team. And it's not close. So if you have that sort of star power, the Bucks have a freaking or they no, sorry. They have a fucking superstar duo. Yeah. On their team. Like that's that that's what's happening. Like it, that's reality. I do think it's your question earlier. I think it's the best duo in the NBA. I think trio is tougher. Jordan was going full, you know, LeBron not not one, not two, not three when he was going down the list. But I, I do think duo is undeniable i really I, I don't think anyone can debate that they are the best duo in the nba and i mean to your point on the books having a point guard like that that's also fun because he is the exact profile of point guard that the books have never really had that like, is never that is and the we, thing. we have cried out for even like a fraction and <laughs> without naming names they don't need to be named players who are like one-fifth of damian lillard um, but could deliver some style, some scoring, were hailed for being so much less. It's the kind of player that Matthew the books, Delvedova. sure, have always, always kind of needed, wanted, and the kind of player that's really tough for a market like Milwaukee to get there generally. And I think to that means you've got to do it in a trade, and I think to be able to do it at this point, it's it's such a bold statement too. I mean, we haven't. We could possibly get into some of the what this means for the Eastern Conference, and maybe you know, talk a little bit more about some of the books' rivals and all of this and how they're handling it. Um, 
but this is it's so seismic in terms of a message to the heat for example um no no one listening to this needs an update on the back and forth that has been bucks heat in recent years to get to this place where i think the heat might have liked to feel and seems like well, with something of an arrogance all summer have felt like oh it's just a matter of time before we get our next piece and we're in the position and this conference is going to be ours. <laughs> like i laugh at you <laughs> this is this is what's happened the books have taken that away from them i do think we'll we'll watch them we'll wait and see what happens with the heat they're probably going to push harder for drew holiday than anyone else if they don't get drew holiday i will be so so happy for many reasons because i love drew holiday and i don't want him to have to be a member of the Miami heat but also just which which is a... worse heat or clippers heat. oh heat is worse heat he, is because he can so have a worse. say in yeah he kept saying um, stopping the, the Bucks from go, getting out of the East. And we also yeah. just don't need to deal with like the heat of it all ever again, really. I would love if this just could be the thing that like buried the heat for the rest of Giannis's hopefully very long career, Jordan, in Milwaukee. That would be great if this was the thing that just kind of pushed him over the edge. Uh, we, we should mention that Jimmy Butler went straight to his Instagram stories to post an absolutely embarrassing video not the first embarrassing video he's posted on his Instagram stories in the last 24 hours um, where he was claiming tampering. He was claiming someone had told him Milwaukee are tampering and you should look into this. Uh, Tyler Hero, where is he from again? Um, don't uh, be welcome back anytime <laughs> soon. Thank you, Rohan. Uh, he also chimed in with some thoughts on this, which just respectfully disrespectfully whatever way you want to take it shut up Tyler Hero like, it's like you would be in the trade yeah you're getting traded maybe like, he's saying that because he wants to get out of Miami because everybody wants to get traded maybe maybe that's it um but to address this because who knows this could become something that is a talking point um will certainly be a talking point for heat fans and heat media who are going to be so so distraught right now um, this idea of tampering, I I would love, I would love someone, I'd love Jimmy Butler to be asked about this. Jimmy, explain to us how in trade negotiations the tampering went down. Did the Trailblazers not know that the Bucks wanted to trade with them for Damian Lillard? Is that what happened here? Um, uh, what? Who didn't know the Heat? Is that is that who was left out of the loop here? Did they not realize they didn't need to be in the loop? It's hilarious it's embarrassing it's perfectly on brand for the franchise that is the miami heat for all of their try hardness for all of their just performative we are heat culture to blow a trade like this and to come out just with gibberish conspiracy from your biggest star and from the guy who you keep trying to trade but nobody wants him because he's not actually good enough to trade for a partner for your star it just it couldn't be more perfect a way for this to come crashing down for the heat and for Lillard to end up with the books i love it i love it it's great they, they everybody are obsessed with the teams on the coast well we got a fresh coast here that lake michigan water pointing to the direction where it is everybody wants to live there david Lillard, like everything that he's going to do around milwaukee we're gonna be like oh he just tried. Um, he just stood next to the bronze files. Oh, what? Or <laughs> it's gonna be like little stuff like that that we're that shine's not gonna wear wear off. 
yeah. he's got to be got to be drawing out a first pitch at the Brewers' opening playoff game at oh. next week, right? You got. Oh, I, I saw with... I saw a tweet about that. It was just like it. It imagine Dame in the uh, in the stands when Abner Uribe is striking out the side in the playoff game. Oh, unless of Mark literally, literally the first thing I imagined when I when I saw the trade, Jordan Rohan, even both of you guys. Oh. Do we have what, what? What else do we need to talk about? Here? I think we need to talk about Drew. I, yeah, I think we, should, we need uh, to talk about yeah. Drew and his his time with the books. Um, yeah, Ed, legend, absolute Bucks legend. Uh, responsible for one of the greatest plays, if not the greatest play in franchise history. Uh, why? Why two? Who? The the steal on Chris Paul in Game Four, which I was at, not to brag or anything. He just picks his pocket so cleanly. That was just like, especially in that moment of the Bucks turned it around. They were climbing, trying to get back into the game, t- take the lead, and he just grabs the ball like it was nothing. Against one of the, again, one of the greatest point guards to ever play. Um, yeah, Drew. Sorry, continue your point, Ron. <laughs> can I can I interrupt uh, this for one second because we're please. gonna have to talk about Drew and. But I've been alerted in the chat on YouTube, and I've gone and sought it out. And before we move on from Miami Heat, oh! Coach Coach Mike Dunlap had something to say about Jimmy Butler's uh, accusations. Oh, Jordan, are you ready? I think this is a hands down tweet of the week. Oh, but, uh, baby! Coach Mike Dunlap uh, quote tweeted a video of Jimmy Butler's Instagram story, where um, I'll I'll give anyone who's listening who hasn't seen it the. What he says in that Instagram story is, yo, NBA man, y'all need to look into the books for tampering. Y'all didn't hear from me, but I heard it from somebody. Mike Dunlap, what did he have to say about that? He said, straight up weak. Say it loud and proud, but don't hide behind, quote unquote, someone else. If you want NBA to investigate, fine, but push it in your name and also bring some facts. He still got it, Jordan. He still got it. Also, I'm going to live tweet at him or live X. Um, he, uh, if he wants to come on to the pod, <laughs> yeah, we right just now. we'll just parachute him into the the live feed. I don't know. I don't know if I can handle that right now. I'm struggling. No, no, that's right. But, uh, uh, we'll we'll set up a later date. Uh, sorry yeah. to interrupt, Drew Holiday. Yeah, Drew Drew Holiday again, absolute legend. Uh, without him, the Bucks do not win a title. Uh, that it cannot be uh overlooked. It cannot be understated. It cannot be that like we, we have to recognize that the Bucks are trying to do with this Damian Lillard trade what they accomplished because they traded for Drew Holiday, which is win a title. They reached the mountaintop with Drew Holiday because of the addition of Drew Holiday. And the Bucks have now gone and completed their Pokemon evolution, going from Bledsoe to Holiday to Damian Lillard. But yeah, absolute best wishes to Drew Holiday and Lauren Holiday, who have done such great work in the city of Milwaukee. Uh, your contributions will never, never be forgotten. You've made an impact on small business owners, minority business owners, and you just, just absolute, absolute legends of the city of Milwaukee and should be treated as such. So, uh, like, just thank you. Thank you to the holidays. Yeah, I mean, it's the cliche that gets thrown around all the time, but I can't think of too many greater examples of just how cruel the business of sports can be than this this is what one day two days after drew reiterated that he wants to retire a book would like to spend the rest of his career here um having been 
really the model professional and delivered everything the books could have asked from <laughs> see you later like that's and that's how this works and I, I don't think that will have been easy for the books, um, but you've got to be pragmatic and you've got to, again, be opportunistic. And this opportunity was one which is just too good to turn down. And I think more than anything, this was an off-season of change for the books. That's very obvious what kind of the headline of that was until now. But this is also kind of a move in line with that because I think you had to change in certain ways and bring in Drew to level up to get to the point you got to. And now you're you're in a place where I think even to a point you made earlier, Jordan, um, it's not just that Drew was getting older. I Giannis's desire to work defensively night in, night out, and his, you know, reserves of energy, he's older than he was, are not quite what they were a few years ago. That's natural. Brooke Lopez, for as stout a defender as he is, he is not getting any younger. And all of that collectively meant that the book's identity as defense is what's going to win us games defense is what's going to win us a championship without picking up game-changing defenders it probably needed to pivot somewhat anyway and you needed to find more of a balance and this will certainly supercharge their offense um we'd hope that the the coaching work that's done with that will bring it kind of to an even greater point of strength but all of that meant that yeah they decided now was the time now was the opportunity to move on from drew both of you guys have talked about i think the community impact and what Drew and Lauren have done, I don't think can be overstated. And just like from day one, how Drew like embraced Milwaukee in a way that signed an extension uh, too, signed the extension, but like a book for life was like, was it his first tweet as a book? No, it like, was, it was when he that was when he signed. Was his that when he signed the extension? Yeah, I believe. But yes. from from the jump, he was committed in a way which is not like the norm it has not been the norm over the years for milwaukee books players and that meant something to the franchise that meant something to the city that meant something to the fans i think his play and what he contributed is undeniable his defense was essential his struggles offensively in the playoffs also undeniable like they can't be glossed over and that's a factor in what happens here but he did come up with key moments when he was needed most. He did help to create some of those most iconic moments in the franchise's history. He'll never be forgotten. His uh, his legacy is fascinating now because, like, really, all in all, this is a very short stay, but you can't have made much of a greater impact and in playing such a big role as he has done. So it's it's going to be kind of interesting to see over time how Drew is remembered, what his legacy kind of records represents with the books because he not only was essential to what they've done but if they go on and they kick on and they manage to keep this show on the road and Giannis resigns and Giannis and Dame are cooking you can only kind of get that because of what Drew was and what you were able to get for Drew even at this point which is not the kind of legacy that any player likes to individually remember for themselves but I do think it is part of his story he brought the books to a level where they can continue to be that team where they could push like this. It's it's rare to trade a player that fulfilled a championship promise like that. Usually when we're talking about, oh, you make the big play for the star, it's the upgrade. And obviously Damian Lillard is an upgrade to Drew in a lot of ways. But in terms of the overall scope of things, you usually do it like an Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday. 
or a young guy that kind of gets lost in the shuffle, say Tyler Hero for Damian Lillard. It that's where it's like I think for his legacy and the fact that I mean it's very <laughs> it's very a lot of things have happened over the last couple of years, but Drew has only played in Milwaukee for three years. His first year was winning a title during the COVID year, which was again just exhausting in a lot of ways because of just the very specific set of circumstances that was that season. But yeah, I mean, in terms of all around impact of just taking that next level or take taking that next step to the next level, obviously winning a championship and what he did to do that. Like <laughs> we know about his playoff struggles, but really when you win a chip, that that's a lot can be forgiven when that happens. I also think his personality is something that we shouldn't kind of lose in the shuffle. That kind of understated, but business-like, that, the guy who just everyone on the team instantly kind of warmed to, who was Ambassador super smart, too. seemed to have a super quick wit, and like just seemed the perfect kind of bridge guy between all of the personalities. Just seemed up to the task in every single way. And I, I think a rare, rare person. I think that can certainly be said from everything we know of what he has done and what he and Lauren have done, but also just the dynamic and how he kind of played into it. You won't find too many better dudes in the NBA than Drew Holiday by all accounts. Teammate of the year, stuff like that. We've like it's it's documented. Um he's got the credit for it. And as much as we will always remember and point to, I think his defense as much as anything in terms of his legacy and being the glue. I think his personality was also essential in that. And I I think Chris and Giannis, even themselves, they've talked about their own dynamic over the years, and they clearly like love, respect each other a lot. They're also not kind of best pals, and it does feel like the books have always needed someone to bridge that. Eric Bledsoe actually kind of did that too, in terms of he had a good relationship with Chris. Drew managed to do that. Dame is going to have to do that, but the dynamic is completely different because Dame is a guy who, on his best nights, will look like 1A on this team. Um, And we've talked for a long time about 2A and 2B. We're going to be moving to a place where it's more kind of, is it Giannis or Dame who is running a game on a given night? More often than not, hopefully they'll this be going together. This sounds like Kendrick Perkins. Am who I talking about that, Robin? Robin? Who's Nightwing? That is Dick Grayson when he's older. Uh, for anybody that does that. Thanks for the clarification. Um, <laughs> but I, just, I, I, think... I, I, I cannot believe that Chris Middleton is the third option. I just, it's just, I, I'm just, oh my God. It's also, though, that feels right at this point in his career for the best version of your team. If you want to be an absolute elite top tier contender. I think that's the role where he can look like something even more than he is. I, I think that's that's the place we're at, and it's in terms of the miles on the clock and how his game is going to age. His game could age quite gracefully because of his mid-range scoring, but that's only if he's asked to do that in spots and he doesn't have to carry the team up and down the floor to the level that he was. Like This feels like... Not just, oh, you're upgrading a point guard, but it feels like the natural progression for Chris, too, in terms of finding a role, which if we want to make a books comp for him over time, 
Chris can be more of the Bob Dandridge now, which is probably what he was always destined to be or what the the best version of it you could imagine could be. It hasn't been what the books have had to work with. And I think they've done an amazing job and Chris has done amazing work. But at this point in his career, moving to third option and being one of the best third options in the NBA does feel like that's about right. And that's kind of how the books should have been looking to map this out to make themselves the most legitimate contender they could possibly be. Bon voyage, Grayson Allen. You don't get to show off your new number of number seven. Do you see you tweeted about that? I, I did. felt so I, sad. I, I, it is sad, but I think it's a good sport about I'm it. I'm going to miss I mean, him. Uh, I'm going to miss him. Really? I, I've done so much. <laughs> really? I was, I've, I've been the You've only invested one. so much time yes. is really what you're saying here. So much I've time the, and energy. I've been the only one who's been doing it. Like, just Much like a real child. Yeah, that's why he's my son. That it's like I want to. Now he gets to be with the sons, and that's what's that's what was destined. There you go. Um, uh, also, March on Bochamp's about to make a lot of money uh, for a jersey number. Yes, that's very true. A lot of money. <laughs> uh, if he if he's yeah, really what, what what number is Dean? If it if he doesn't do zero. I don't he's know. gonna do zero. He's gonna like, do zero. There's, there's like, no if he's. Gonna... I don't know, Barjan. Hold out, man. Hold out for a big, big wad of cash. You see what Dave Lillard's making? You can make half that if you hold out. Can we? I, I, you've just kind of, you've given your very swift grace and farewell. But let's actually talk about that for a moment and that move because that was, that was one of the earlier gambles to kind of we got to keep leveling up even though it's tough for us to do that given what we have at our disposal and they committed to that and they took the flyer and i think we all thought the time was a worthwhile flyer and we'd still all stand by that now but it never it was, really it was objectively a, a good trade it's second round picks and sam merrill for a guy who started for you for two years like, and it was an asset play too part of, part, exactly part of why it was good yes. at the time was what the contract was going to be and look at how that's worked out it gives you just what you needed to add to a Drew Holiday to go and get a Damian Lillard. Like that's that's always gonna be something that was an important factor in it. Yeah. It's, it's important it's... to to open your water bottle cap when you want to drink water. That's just what happened for me. Oh wow. So, I missed that. I'm disappointed. I'll be watching back, Jordan. It's you wrong. But but yeah, it's it's it was an asset play for Grayson Allen, and especially because they got the contract on a very, very reasonable extension when he first trade got traded to Milwaukee. Um, it's just, it's, it's good business. It's good business all around. I mean, you feel bad for the players involved, obviously. And like, it's, it's going to be, uh, Grayson was like the de facto start. Like he, like you're penciling, penciling him in as a starter. At least we were, uh, uh, me and Ty were, but it's, it's, that's another issue you have to sort out. And it's like, you're betting a lot on your depth. And if there's one position, the bucks really had a lot of is probably two guards, so if, if you're going to, if you have to make a trade, it's it, like, do you have the best depth? Do you have, maybe not, but do you have a lot of players who play that position? Yes. So if you're going to make a trade about like a, using a mid-sized contract, it'd probably have to be Grayson Allen with Pat, you lose flexibility. And I, and like uh, with Bobby, you lose a lot of bench production and some forward depth, but you have guys who can step into that role. Are they going to be as good? That remains to be seen. I'd lean no, but it's, it's, it, it's a sacrifice you're very willing to make. Do we yeah. think this is 
it or does the nature of this move force them to what look else are at they supposed to do well Bobby. i that's what i was thinking too i Bobby. i think i think that that boost of offense that bobby was essential for um has gone down in importance significantly because you can stagger your rotation in a much more efficient way now where Chris could take on a lot of that load. Or you have Dame plus bench lineups. Uh, by no means, I'm not saying he's not used or you don't keep him around. Yeah, I guess it just depends what their plans are, though, at the two guard and what they imagine. And also, do they feel that Marjan or any of the rookies are ready for the real minutes that they're going to want there? Do they feel comfortable with a bigger lineup that's Pat or Jay Crowder in it? Like It's, it's kind of what is what is their vision of what this team looks like, which is only something that they're probably scrambling to fully work out now that they've got this deal done. But I do think that could be something that they look at quite closely, which is, okay, do we want maybe Jay Crowder to be someone who's playing a lot more of the four off the bench and being a more defensive four? And we're kind of, we're staggering our offensive stars in a way that's going to be much more effective in managing really i guess splits between your your starters and your bench i mean the other factor this is we're we're really kind of measuring versus how bud would run that as opposed to mm-hmm. how adrian griffin will want to do which we just we just don't know um until we see it he's gonna have his own preferences he's gonna have probably some of his own weird quirks in his rotations every coach does and until we get to learn that it's guessing work but i i do wonder whether there's anyone that they'd have their eye on of course we're not talking trades on a scale like the one they've just completed but whether they would be looking for okay could we get maybe a more established more experienced shooting guard who's going to slot in there right now and make this a really really seamless starting five i don't know i mean malik beasley that signing for me was always kind of like well you have all these mid-sized contracts that you're they're going to roll through them. And obviously when you make a trade for Dame, loyalty kind of gets thrown out the window when it comes to a guy like Drew Holiday. And the same applies for Bobby Portis, who made the play to come back to Milwaukee after winning the title and then sign for bigger money. You know what I mean? Like it, Pat too, like if any of these young guys can take that leap and they kind of, you know, the juices start flowing he gets enamored with like they need more opportunities and everything like that that just makes guys expendable and it it's the nature of the business but that's where we're at of especially without picks i mean they were already without a lot of picks to begin with but now it's like okay horst how do you keep reloading this roster well it's just turning out those mid-sized contracts that you that he's gotten a lot better at versus when Things were like, okay, these these guys on veteran minimum deals, how do you pull the rabbit out of your hat this way? So yeah, I think that's that's the next move if they need to make moves, which I would say is likely to happen over the course of the season, which just remains to be seen what for. Malik Beasley is an interesting one too, because I really like that as a flyer and kind of what they needed in terms of a backcourt offensive producer for the bench. <laughs> now you look at how that's shaken out and you're like God, that's going to be kind of tougher for him, even in terms of his role. Now, I saw he was seemed pretty excited. I think it was on Instagram. I saw about this move about the prospect of getting himself a ring. 
but his role may not be quite the same. I don't know. I think a lot of people have, I've seen on Twitter, being like putting Beasley in as the starting two guard. I just don't think that's going to be how the books would approach My it. My money's on Pat. I think that's the way they'll start. I, I really, I think that's how you start. And it's, this is not unlike conversations we've had in the past with other players, but I think you try to work to a place where it's Marjan can play off time. And it's up to him to go and grab that and prove, yeah, he's that guy. He's ready in his game is where it needs to be. But I think Pat, like makes sense for so many reasons now, even just for familiarity with Dame, um, for his familiarity with everything around Milwaukee and having been bedded in, and just being an experienced head who, as much as he's not a defensive player, does routinely play very, very good defense, knows how to kind of channel his athleticism. He's not the ideal guy you're going to want out there called playoff time in that kind of spot. But yeah, I guess that's that's where I'm at on that is I do think two, car- two guard is now... I mean, it has been in recent years too. It's the question mark, but things have evolved where it's a slightly different question to what it's ever been before. Yeah, it's it's like I th- I think the questions going forward for the Bucks now after this trade are one, who's going to be your starting two guard, uh, two uh, backup point guard, which is it's still it's still that continues to still be an issue, and three, defense. How are you going to frame it? How are you going to uh, have a defensive scheme when you don't have that? on ball like ball hawk anymore that you have had dating back to eric bledsoe how are you going to base your defense around that that's going to be very very interesting but i'd say those are the those are the top three questions for the bucks going forward right yeah i think that's fair and i mean the the other question i have over all of this is and maybe this is probably a good place to put it and as we get towards the end it's it's the person who has to make all of those decisions as such it's adrian griffin it's the, it's just how is he going to cope with this how is he going to look I think there's a lot to like in theory about what he is going to bring from a basketball side to this team it's all pretty hypothetical until we see it though and now he's got the highest pressure he could possibly have you're not just still in a place where you know you could be facing it to Giannis as a free agent um, but you have Damian Lillard on your team you've got two guys who are desperate to win a championship and kind of your future and the future of what you're coaching, the future of this project is not going to just be like something you can gradually manage. It's going to hinge on how your success is from year one. You've got to hit the ground running. You've got to work stuff out and you've got to very quickly adjust to what have we got? What's right? What's wrong? And how can we fix this for this year? So like, that's kind of what I was going to earlier, Jordan on, not to open up those old wounds, but kind of nothing changes at the same time because the urgency is all still there unless Giannis decides to come out and put that to bed very early, which just financially doesn't make a bunch of sense. So I don't think we're going to see happen. Um, and, and with that, it's like, okay, Adrian Griffin, how everyone around the league talks about him, how everyone in the league talks about what he's going to bring to a team, how he's been kind of in the mix for opportunities like this for a very long time. Now is your chance, but it's your chance with the greatest pressure you could possibly have. And there's no guarantees on that. So we're going to have to see him do it. And he's the one who's going to have to answer the three questions that you laid out on. So I guess the, the biggest overall question doesn't have to be one that people are dreading. Like I think on the whole, Bucks fans feel pretty optimistic about what Adrian Griffin as a coach is going to bring to the books but that is something where even what was being asked of him in this job 
a couple of months ago when he got it is now very, very different to what he's facing now. And he's got more tools to work with. He's got an embarrassment of offensive riches. He's got a great assistant who knows the player. He's just acquired better than any other coach in the NBA. Got to make all this click, though, and got to make it work out. And that's no kind of small feat for a, a first-year head coach to have to handle. So that's, I guess, the biggest story of all, that once things settle down and we adjust to Damian Lillard's on the team, it's going to be like, okay, what are Adrian Griffin's books? Who are Adrian Griffin's books? And just how quickly does it start to look like something cohesive and formidable? Is this the greatest team in franchise history? Ooh, that's a question for uh, April, May, June. I would say. Let's 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 just. I mean, I mean, last year, last year probably was, and we saw how that ended. So that's that's why I don't know about those kind of conversations. I think generally, in terms when of that's raw been talent, the case, raw talent, raw talent. Yes. Even with the thing is that Daley Lillard is not too dissimilar to the age of what Oscar was when he came to one. No, it's very it's similar in that regard. It's very similar. And it's the only trades that are on the par of in of someone coming into Milwaukee rather than someone going out, because obviously there's many. <laughs> uh yeah, I would say it's probably the it's it's again, it's too NBA, these are sure bona fide Hall of Famers on the same team together, who are very productive. And I know and get to play in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, pretty wow. wild. <laughs> I was driving. I was driving past Pfizer earlier after uh, the news broke, and I was just like, yeah, "That's Damian Lillard's home stadium." Like, it's can like, I can, can I put this to you guys as <laughs> Rohan is going to just gush about everything? As, 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 as... I mean, how can you not? <laughs> I know, I know, but it's going to be like, do you see the Deer District? Do you see Gather over there? That's Damian Lillard's favorite spot in Milwaukee. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. As as two people who live in the city, who have you know, gone through a long journey of what the books are and what the books represent. Like, was, was there actually ever a time where you imagined a duo like this? Like, this is like Shaq and Kobe-esque. Like, that, yeah. this is the kind of pairing that I didn't have the luxury of thinking about the books as like, I don't know, an eight-year-old kid or something. But I, I could never have been in a spot where I'd imagine a duo of that kind of caliber, of that kind of firepower. Nope. <laughs> no, no. I I mean, I God bless Ty and Rohan for pumping out the content throughout the summer. Talking about Eddie, like Brad Beal before he went to Phoenix. And I we went and found other sports instead. We were like, we yeah. can't do it. We're, we're Buddy Heal, you team. don't do it for me, buddy. I just could just, I oh, say man, Buddy Heal. I'd, I'd take Buddy Heal on this team. Anyway. We'll it, leave that to you and Ty, about, to Jordan's yeah. point. <laughs> But it was like, okay, Brad Beal was maybe the closest like person or thing that was possible for the Bucks, or that I would feel comfortable about trading for with for the Bucks because it's about having guys under contract for multiple years. And yes, I think there are going to be a lot of people that look at the money that is owed to Damian Lillard, and you're going to be very queasy about it, especially about it aging. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Because that is how you are able 
to get him in the first place. And I'm sure that it played into the factor of why some teams didn't go all in. I know the Raptors, that was another boogeyman. Uh, it's all. It's always the boogeyman. The, the Raptors, the Heat, the same teams that are always flexible and are in the same position to trade for stars. The Knicks, you wormed your way in here. Look how that worked out for you. Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau, good luck next year. I don't think you're going to go far. But it's always these same teams of like, we're they're in talk for another star. Oh, I've heard that David Lillard would love to play in New York. You know Madison Square Garden. Everybody loves that. You know the Bitcoin Arena in, in uh, Miami, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> now I don't know what it's called. Uh, all these same teams are always on the hunt for the next superstar. But it does not matter. Because that superstar is now Milwaukee. Fresh coast equals best coast. Jordan's out. I, I, I can't. Wanted I let, can't I wanted to let that, that sit. sit, it, sit I think it's second. in your hands to take us home, Rob. I mean, like, I, like this is this is a bad out. I'm I'm stumbling on my words right now, which isn't uncommon, but it's 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 worse right now than it usually is. Because can we just can we shout out Ty Windish on his darkness retreat? Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, he's he's got the Aaron Rodgers part, and he's missed the. Yeah, I won't. People were arguing in the comments so whether it's is the biggest trade in books history jordan was arguing with me but he's missed a landmark moment uh certainly the biggest trade in the history of the podcast but that's i guess for the benefit of everyone because that means ty is going to be talking a whole lot more about this and we're going to have get, a lot like, more you get basically a content. second emergency pod. right <laughs> that is the other thing you get this with all of us rambling about just how great this is then you get ty that is going to be reacting to it and just it again he's going to have that this he's contained but then when he is in front of a microphone he's just going to explode with how great this is for the Milwaukee Bucks but no uh, shout shout out to Ty as always because we we will hold it down all four of us the three of us here plus Ty are going to hold it down for Bucks coverage this upcoming season uh Eurostep podcast win in six podcast find all the links at gspn.info I mean like it, it'd be. I was gonna. I, I still don't know what I'm saying. Um. I just this broke my brain. Did this broke your guys' brain, right? Yeah, it broke my product productivity for this day too. I just if this you're, is you're both just, have a real trouble with the with the words. It's great. I, I love it. It's fantastic. Content. That's what happens when you trade for Damian fucking Lillard, guys. Oh, by the it way, is. everyone, everyone, go buy Dame Dalla albums. Uh, everyone, go do that. Yes. Uh, go What's go the do that. Exchange rate on Dame Dalla. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be the official currency at GSPN. Sorry, I'm making that decision now. No, uh, that's, I, it's like just just do everything you can. Wrong. Like the, because... the stock market now is you know valued in Dame Dalla. Oh my oh, god! Buddy. Oh <laughs> my goodness! That is that is an amazing that that's just incredible. Um. But yeah, yeah. By by Dame's albums, he's the greatest greatest artist in the world. Uh, that's that's what Ty would want to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, just uh, just everything's happening. I mean, yeah. Damian Lillard is a Milwaukee Buck, and the Bucks have a Hall of Fame duo that's the best in the NBA. That's it. That's all that needs to be said. All of this hour plus is just that. 
Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, your big three for the Milwaukee Bucks, and we're 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 it's we're so excited for this upcoming season. Make sure you check out everything at gspn.info, like I mentioned earlier. If you're a new viewer, Lord uh, listener, make sure you subscribe. Uh, podcast platform of choice or here on YouTube. Um, like I said, gspn.info. We have a Discord where it's just blown up. Everyone's everyone's just going insane. Uh, uh, check out all those links again at gspn.info. Uh, pod random. Go buy Dame Dalla albums, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.